Hey everyone, Pat Sweet here. If you're like most of the folks who listen to the show, you're an engineering leader who is busy. And probably not just a little busy, but extremely busy. Like working overtime on a regular basis, hardly getting enough sleep, not getting the exercise you want. Work is just nuts. So if this describes you, you're in very good company. And it's for that reason that I've put together a free guide, which I've what I think is very cleverly called Finding the Sixth Day, an engineer's quick guide to making more time now. And it answers that call. It provides five practical, actionable steps that you can take very quickly to create that sixth day that you wish you actually had the run of a work week. And here's the best part. You don't actually have to work the weekend to find that sixth day. That time is sitting there available for you to do important work, to do good work. And with this guide, my hope is that I can help you find that quickly. So again, that's Finding the Sixth Day, an engineer's quick guide to making more time now. It's absolutely free, and you can download it today at engineeringandleadership.com slash sixth day. That's engineeringandleadership.com slash six, T-H, day. This is the Engineering and Leadership Podcast with Pat Sweet, Episode 38. Welcome to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast, the show dedicated to helping engineers thrive. Today, I speak with Anand Safi, software engineer and engineering mentor extraordinaire about the importance of mentorship and how it can transform careers. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with me. If this is the first time you listen to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. And for those of you who've been around for a while, welcome back. Uh, it's It's been phenomenal to get to know folks who are out there listening, out there in the audience, uh, growing along with me through this journey. And, and uh, <laughs> quite a journey it has been. I resurrected the podcast about a year ago, uh, after having it uh, go quiet for a couple of years. And um, it's been great. It's been just fantastic. An awful lot of fun. So certainly a lot of work, but a lot of fun. And uh, we just hit another big milestone. We hit 80,000 downloads, which is super. Uh, well on our way to our first 100,000. So uh, very exciting um, milestone to share with you. So uh, if you've been part of that, well, you have been part of that because you're here right now. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Well, enough of that. Let's, uh, let's jump right into today's main content. Mentorship in the world of engineering is an incredible tool. It helps those being mentored improve job performance, satisfaction, and achievement of long-term goals. For the mentor, it helps connect with earlier stage professionals uh, to organize their thoughts and frameworks, that just their way of thinking about their work, and gives them a chance to give back to the profession that has helped develop them. Finding or becoming an engineering mentor is a brilliant move at any point in your engineering career. In today's episode, I interview Anand Safi, engineering mentor and software engineer, about coaching and mentorship within the profession. Anand is an engineering leader for a public safety software company, and over the last decade, he's progressed from starting as an aspiring engineer all the way to becoming a leader within his company. 
Anand is also a startup advisor, volunteer board member, and an established technology mentor and coach outside of his day job. Here's my interview with Anand. Mr. Anand Safi, thank you so very much for joining me tonight on the Engineering and Leadership Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. Great, Patrick. Thank you for having me today. Uh, excited to chat. Yeah, you and I both. You and I both. Uh, I, I think this is a, a topic that you and I are both very passionate about. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, mentorship and coaching and and how important those things are in, in, in all careers, frankly, at, at all levels. We were just chatting about that a little bit offline. But before we get into that, uh, I'd like it if you could uh, paint us a picture a little bit. Tell us about your career and and what brought you to embrace both coaching and mentorship. Yeah, so um, I, I did get my bachelor's and master's in computer science, and then I spent the last decade or, or so in various uh, roles within the software engineering uh, technology space. So I started as a SDET at eBay, moved to front-end development, full-stack development, uh, senior engineer, tech lead. And then over the past uh, uh, two to three years, it's just uh, been more engineering leadership and, and being a people manager and leading teams and initiatives. The fact that I was able to go through this transition is, is not because I have superpowers or I, I'm just uh, really... Uh, one of that 10x engineer or talented. It's the right amount of talent plus uh, the right amount of guidance and direction, actually. It has come in many forms uh, and just uh, from from many wonderful people who might directly or not directly kind of wear that coaching or mentor hat, might not have that formal title. But that has been kind of a huge portion of kind of how I have progressed in my own career journey. And uh, the, the best way to celebrate that is to uh, empower and enable the next set of talent or just uh, the kind of folks that are currently in, in their early um, either individual contributor phase or early engineering leadership phase. And, and that is how I decided to uh, just uh, the, pay, the whole paid forward notion along with uh, taking upon mentorship and coaching uh, in my spare time along with my core uh, role as an engineering manager. Right. So it, it sounds like you were inspired a bit by your own experience, by your own transition from individual contributor into leadership roles, it sounds like you got you got that helping hand from those who have gone before you. Correct. I think just it's it's been only probably the last uh, three to five years where we have seen a lot of mentorship platforms or digital ways to offer mentorship. Uh, think of this like a decade back when everything is in office or just there's no kind of uh, spending so much time just talking to somebody on, on virtual calls and everything. The only form of mentorship was through one-on-ones or just trying to seek someone from help or just trying to reach out uh, to somebody who's in the industry for expertise actually. So that is how kind of uh, for me, it was not uh, coming across a mentorship platform or just searching that I need mentorship. It is things that I experienced in terms of support, validation, or just kind of a direction, as I said, uh, now that I can connect the dots, like, yes, that was actually mentorship or that was a coaching session that I got uh, in that sense. And now I'm trying to leverage our wonderful uh, innovation that has happened to this kind of specific field uh, through the tools and technology available to, to reach even more people across the globe, actually. And this is something that uh, I'm really excited to uh, to ask you about is is these these platforms because I, I think you of of all of the engineers that I've interacted with and interviewed uh, have made uh, full use of some of these some of these platforms that exist. But before we get to that, I wanted to m- maybe have a step back a little bit and and define some terms here. 
in your own words, what what are mentorship and coaching, and and how are they different from one another? Yeah, it's it's basically working with someone, uh, just kind of the underlying theme, uh, but what you're working towards can greatly differ, actually. So uh, what coaching would mean is basically somebody is trying to do their best in their current role, uh, and it's more centered around performance in your current role, actually. Um, and uh, there are goals that that you can kind of achieve in terms of your day-to-day performance or your current role. So coaching is a little bit more uh, guidance and direction in terms of what you should be doing. Uh, while mentorship is probably there is a career development aspect tied to it in terms of uh, either somebody wants to, uh, the kind of mentees I get is somebody wants to enter into the field of technology or a junior engineer wanting to become a senior engineer. So there is just kind of a lot of path mapping and and just exercises in that sense. And mentorship is more task-based where you would be doing this project, where you would be working towards this uh, uh, kind of initiative or just you are measuring success in terms of how much you are tracking towards the next level, while uh, coaching in my mind is goal-based in terms of how you're becoming better at communication. There's a lot of overlap in terms of one mentorship session could simply be around how do you become better at communication, uh, but uh, there's just kind of a lot more emphasis where coaching is more kind of a, guidance and direction versus mentorship is more kind of just validation and and empowering actually the individual uh, to um, have that kind of uh, initiative mindset or just kind of doing those those tasks that are outlined as part of the mentorship session. So I think it goes without saying then with, with these definitions of mentorship and coaching that there's a lot of value to be gleaned from the person who, who is getting the mentorship and coaching. You get the advice of someone who who knows the way it goes the way and can show the way, right? This this, this all makes sense. So to be to be on the receiving end, um, uh, of course, there's value there. But what about on the other side of things? What about for the coach or or, or uh, the mentor? Obviously, you've seen value in doing this in, in your own career. You dedicate a lot of your own time to uh, to providing coaching and mentorship. Why is that, and how has that affected you and and your uh, and your career? Yeah, I I think the best way to put it is is uh, uh, somebody probably as we all might know is is Kent Beck. He actually put it uh, this way just this last month in, in one of his talks is uh, the secret about mentorship or coaching is that the mentor actually gets more out of it than the mentee, and nobody realizes that. <laughs> uh, and that just struck with me because it, it's true. And I'll tell you what I get out of those sessions, right? It's it's simply the um, experiences uh, and that experience manifests in many sense. I get to work with different personalities. I get to work with different uh, kind of people uh, from different career or, or walkthroughs. Like a lot of the mentees, the reason that they seek mentorship or coaching uh, or learners is because they come from unconventional path actually, or they're trying to do something and they kind of are trying to look, uh, uh, solve an uphill battle. And that's why they need that guidance or direction actually. So I get to kind of work with different variables um, and that just adds to my experience. Like in the future, if I have on my own team, someone with that situation or if my team is facing something, 
I probably have at least attempted to work through it in the past, actually. So I deal with different personalities, different kind of career levels, actually, and then different timelines. Somebody wants to get something in three months, while someone is looking towards more of a one-year-long goal. Like, say, I'm only passively interested right now, but within a year, I want to make the switch. Well, somebody will say that I'm frustrated enough. What is that accelerated timeline look like? It, it's a patience play. I, I often tell them to say, like, you will probably not get all what you desire in three months. You'll get kind of at least something out of it, but it just helps me kind of structure my own decision-making and operational mindset better when I need to practice it uh, in terms of my own teams, actually. So what kind of things have you learned from the people who you've mentored? Any light bulb moments that, that you kind of looked yourself in the mirror a little bit different after a session? Yeah, so a couple of big stark realizations. I think first is, uh, uh, I would say that uh, patience is is key, actually, uh, in the sense like my most uh, kind of successful mentees or learners are, are people who have made peace that this is not an overnight thing. Uh, people assume that just because they're seeking mentorship or coaching, it means that something will magically change. Uh, it's not that the mentor or coach will be able to make that change. They'll be able to bring you one step closer, hopefully in the right direction, actually. But that change will still need to be happened to, through you or your efforts. And it's also a trade and evolve model. So I think one realization is uh, I, I was assuming uh, probably early on that the fact that I'm giving somebody some guidance or direction and just because it worked for me, it should probably work uh, for them at the same timeline or pace it works worked for me actually. But uh, it can be completely different uh, in that regard. So that's just one kind of thing that I, I am much more conscious about. And the second is there's a huge um, kind of difference between uh, your, your core skill set as a mentee or learner versus the ability to articulate or speak. So I probably have a couple of mentees or learners who are not great at articulation or just kind of being able to share their work, actually. Uh, and that's why I would go the extra mile to make everything extra clear for them or just kind of break it down. But when we would do a check-in at the next session, it kind of blew me off in terms of how skilled or talented they were, whether it was just kind of doing a freelance React project and they would go above and beyond. So they're code or their work would speak for actually uh, why they are kind of the right fit for the role they're going for. And then it would help me refocus or just kind of realign that I probably need to work on the human skills of, of engineering with them versus more so about the day-to-day uh, -day kind of actual computer science skills uh, in the sense, actually. So that was also really important that uh, trying to, um, on my side, trying to have an open mind and try to assess more holistically versus trying to do a cause and effect uh, kind of relation in that sense. So I'd like to go back to when you, you started uh, uh, giving your time as, as a, uh, as a mentor. And I think, I think a lot of people uh, particularly in, in leadership roles have heard about the importance of mentorship and coaching. Maybe some organizations even have formal programs but for most people, it's a bit of a black box. They don't really know what to do with uh, a mentee that comes to them. So I'd like to know a little bit more about how you got started yourself, what resources uh, you may have relied on, and, and what kinds of things you might recommend to people who, who would like to establish uh, coaching skills or, or mentorship skills. 
Yeah, I think the more formal version of mentorship or coaching as we take it now probably was later actually in my journey. For me, when I look back on when I would now think that my first kind of uh, entry into this whole um, mentorship and coaching area started was simply when somebody new joined my team, when even I was an engineering individual contributor. It is just uh, kind of my, um, I would say, uh, in, in, in just kind of my operational model that because I was welcomed and felt supported when I was being onboarded on the team. I want to make sure that somebody who's joining the team or even the extended team for that matter is given the same kind of support and onboarding experience actually. So it's not that I as an individual contributor was in charge of the onboarding program or just uh, kind of did every single thing, but whatever was in my power. So that is just uh, giving somebody the psychological safety to ask questions actually, just by sharing up front in that initial icebreaker or coffee conversation that I'll do. Like uh, this is kind of what I realized. These are kind of things that, that I have kind of come to realization from what I initially expected versus currently feel free to ask questions. I'm there to help. Uh, I have, gone through that exact same thing probably six months, year, two years ago, just uh, still it's very fresh in my mind. So just trying to be that uh, uh, just kind of partner for them in case they needed help and did not feel comfortable or the need to just escalate through formal channels. Like you don't need to raise every single little thing to your manager. It's somebody like, okay, I can just kind of run it by Anand who's on the team or just a, a fellow engineer actually. So that is just a uh, Probably it, it might seem that it's not mentorship or coaching, but it is a form of that where you are simply giving somebody the psychological safety or a safe space to ask questions or be themselves. That is kind of the core to any mentorship or coaching session. If the mentee or learner is not kind of uh, uh, able to ask questions freely or are hesitant just because kind of how you have certain presence or body language, actually, they probably have 10 things running across their mind, but they'll dismiss eight of them as naive and just ask only two. But you want them to ask those 10 and even two more, actually. So that's just kind of those early things that was in mean just to help unblock the team or just kind of be there for supporting the teammates that just led me to to that nature of just uh, kind of more formalizing in terms of, okay, uh, now once I have built enough skill set or just kind of established my own uh, a kind of position in my technology career, uh, I felt comfortable then focusing on the skill aspects. Uh, early on, it was simply the process and the personality and, and the people aspects of things. But later on, it became the skill aspect as I kind of grew in my own career and, and reached a certain position where I felt comfortable to be able to coach or mentor somebody on that specific technical skill sets. So at some point, at some point, you uh, you clearly decided this was something that was that was important to you, uh, important enough to pursue it uh, after hours, so to speak. And uh, I know from ha- having having uh, discussed things with you, um, you you spend time uh, with Be- Best Practicer, which is uh, one of the major platforms. Uh, Plato is another one. I'd like to know a bit more about what compelled you to go uh, above and beyond and outside of your your day job so to speak to to spend time there there's a certain it strikes me as as uh, uh as altruism uh you know to, to to go to to go beyond your own organization to help to help other engineers other technical folks but but it must be must be an awful lot of work um so so t- tell me a bit more about about that and why why that's so important to you 
Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right in terms of if why I were to do all of this on my own, I definitely do did wanted to do or, or practice this in some form in a continuous fashion. But I quickly realized in terms of it will be a lot of work for me to spend time first soliciting who needs help, trying to establish rapport or trust with them in terms of uh, I can help you or just I feel I can help you. Let's have a conversation, trying to set something up. That's how when I started to look for those uh I know shortcuts are quick fix solutions. Like what if a platform took care of the matching or just the logistical aspect? And all I need to do is show up with my best self and, and just kind of uh, my consciousness and uh, with the right amount of motivation, which I already had, and then see how it goes actually. That's how I started across a variety of platforms. Each platform serves its kind of own unique uh, kind of position because each platform has found kind of its niche in terms of the type of mentee that will come. So Mentor Cruise, where I first started, is more for people who are looking to grow in their engineering IC careers or looking to come into engineering. Plato is a very much established engineering leadership community, So, which came late actually because I was still finding my own ground as an engineering leader. I definitely had a lot of IC experience. So I stuck with Mentor Cruise first then move on to Plato, and then best practicer builds upon kind of the finer aspects of Plato, and and just also uh, is another alternative that I, I love to work with in that sense. So that was kind of how I arrived in terms of I cut down my work by 50% or more uh, that I felt comfortable, as you said, to still put in the hours, but it, it's not that it's going to take me twice the time first to find talent and then kind of set up uh, sessions with them. So that is how just uh, given my current kind of, uh, I would say career journey or just my professional, um, uh, I would say personal branding till now uh, through LinkedIn or just whatever it is, I was able to get a decent exposure on these platforms. So that one part was taken care of. And the second breakthrough moment was one of my first mentees is, uh, uh, is, is, a, is a guy in his, his 40s from Israel, actually. Uh, I had no idea on like how he found me or, or uh, he connected with me for what reason. But in one of the first couple of sessions, like I could see such a kind of uh, in, in, in kind of his his. Uh, expressions, face, or just the, how happy he was that there was somebody on the other side of the world trying to listen to him while he was still struggling to articulate that just because of language problems or, bar- or language barriers just uh, uh, from there. And he got someone that who who kind of just gave a damn, if I may, or just kind of cared about kind of uh, what he was trying to accomplish. He had uh, done engineering a degree before. He had worked in technology five, six years ago. Due to constraints or problems, he had to take up uh, a full-time cash job in the hotel and was trying to get back into technology, actually. And for him, all he wanted is just somebody to listen to or just kind of not have for once that uh, uh, figure that we all have, like I'm talking to a mentor or a coach, it feels we are talking to some professional career coach or somebody who has gone through a lot of training certification and presents a certain way. I wanted to just kind of make sure that I it was somebody who was like talking to in a coffee shop in the first few sessions. And that's how kind of we found our frequency to match. And then we did great work. He has done four projects over the past year. He is interviewing actively. Yeah, he is almost nearing an offer. So it's just kind of that breakthrough moment in terms of there's such a demand both ways. First, for me to help as much folks I can 
Uh, the benefit is a platform can take care of the logistical aspect. And then just for, for people out there who are trying to get that quality guidance uh, because it might not be available uh, at that scale and form in their own countries or markets, actually. So that's why we see an increasing number of people uh, from from Asia, Europe, or just kind of Middle East trying to uh, use the talent in North America for these very reasons, actually. That's really interesting. That, that's something that I, I suppose should have occurred to me, but didn't really. Just just how global a reach uh, these these platforms would would facilitate, and that that must be this this uh, this unexpected bonus: the ability to interact with people worldwide. I, th- I think that'd be uh, incredibly gratifying. Do you find as you work with people in in, in different cultures, different places, different industries, that the challenges faced very wildly or or do do you find do you find certain themes that keep that keep reemerging in this technical world yeah and that's probably i think i should have mentioned earlier but that's a learning moment for me right because this is also one of the big big reasons that i'm i'm sticking to some of the platform based mentoring because there might be a learner from india there might be somebody i have currently people from philippines from india from uh, Israel, as I said. And when I try to apply, the, the, the times I've struggled is when I feel I have got this and I try to apply my kind of proven techniques and skills, whether it's just kind of searching for a role or recruiter outreach or just kind of prepping for an interview. I see there are certain nuances and differences when it comes to those markets in terms of what works, what doesn't. And uh, it's the way I think is, is probably, that's why I just say, I can only guide or suggest you take it with a grain of salt. This is where probably you need to coach or mentor me and say kind of what have you observed actually. And then we can work together to come up with an optimal way to strategize and kind of approach that problem. So that way is is very kind of uh, bi-directional in the sense, because I know that uh, just for now, for every single kind of market or, or variance, I would not have that kind of quality uh, stuff to offer that just works outright. I definitely have a lot of great ideas. I can definitely listen to ideas that people want to share and validate or just kind of correct or just kind of work with you in terms of how to design or structure it better. But uh, that is where uh, goes back to also Ken Beck saying like, that is where I see most value for me that it just in my normal role or day to day would not kind of give me that uh, luxury to experience so many different cultures and situations, and I would only have finite number of experiences for that matter. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I've heard from a number of different uh, leadership and coaching scholars is the the importance of being curious. And one of the things that, and and this is absolutely a challenge for me, and I, I suspect it it is for for many who were once. The individual contributor and uh, got into leadership and management. That it's very easy to feel like you have the answer. It's very easy to feel like when people come to you, that's what they're looking for. Solve my problem. When when often that that's not the case. You, you mentioned this earlier. How much how much your your mentee in Israel valued someone just listening to them, just hearing them out. And I think that's uh, that's really interesting that you highlight that it's almost this forced curiosity that you have to have about people in in other industries, other parts of the world, because you know you don't necessarily have the answer. You don't have the technical background that is necessarily relevant in in different places, different cultures. Uh, that this is this is really fascinating to me. 
Yeah, and also to build upon that, it's it's also uh, it's not always a bed of roses in that sense that there's also the hard times when and it, it often happens is when you do have the answer and you just simply don't want to give it actually. And that is kind of where I have some conversations where people are simply looking to just use this as kind of a guide for completing kind of say homework or their project. Like I'm stuck with this React Redux thing. This is the error I'm getting. Can you solve it? I can probably be curious about how are you approaching it? How are you debugging it? Have you tried to replicate it? Uh, have you put some console logging? Have you tried to do breakpoints? So that is kind of where I would just kind of lead you in that direction, but I don't want to solve it for you. And that is an important part of mentorship and coaching. Otherwise, you will become a bottleneck because they will feel they have completed the project, but it's basically you kind of help them with that last mile push or delivery. So it's important that they go through that hustle because, uh, and, and that's really important. I, told, I tell people I never focus in mentorship and coaching sessions in terms of what library you want to pick or what tech stack we want to pick after a certain point, because if their goal is to get a job in the company, that will actually vary depending on what that company or team is focusing on right there. If we spent a year for someone to get better at JavaScript uh, and React, and if the job they get is using TypeScript or Vue or, or something totally else, it defeats the whole purpose of the mentorship. It's getting the fundamentals and approach in terms of how would you work with technologies at a foundational level. And that is why the focus is always in terms of leading towards a solution versus solving something right there and then actually. So I'm hoping that by this point in the conversation that many of the people listening are, are convinced both of the value of, of getting a mentor or a coach, uh, but also uh, of being a mentor or a coach. How would you recommend people get started? And, and, and let's, uh, let, let's start from the perspective of, of someone who's looking for a, a coach or a mentor. What, what should someone look for in a good coach or mentor? And, and how might they approach structuring that relationship and getting things started? Yeah, so I think uh, you you probably started uh, uh, right in your last one, curiosity, just uh, seeing how the person. So uh, it's it's not that probably that you just by looking at the profile or somebody's credentials, uh, just uh, figure that this is just the right person. You might need to talk to a couple of multiple folks early on to settle on kind of what works for you because there are various considerations, right? It's it's just that somebody is in a different time zone and it simply does not work. That's kind of a huge challenge that we, we come across many, many times. Uh, I have hang out, I have this mentee in Philippines who does calls for me at 1.30 a.m. actually, just because he, he does work late hours, but uh, he does not make me actually do it at 1.30 a.m. I've proposed to him many times, but that's, that's just kind of how uh, the lens people will go to if they see value. And, and that's why I also make sure that I never miss a single session with him, or I just, I'm kind of just twice more cautious of his time or, or what he's putting into this actually. So first is just trying to figure out in terms of uh, it, it works logistically uh, in, in one of the things actually, uh, or uh, probably to your point is like, if you're a mentor or coach, the kind of early response you get is they're trying to make it work. Like it's basically being curious or, or just kind of caring uh, is, is basically if they will say that I have 30 minutes a week available, there are great coaches and mentors who, because of their rigorous prioritization and time management, will say, I will only do mentorship on Fridays and Wednesdays from 
5 to 6 p.m. If you can work with that slot, that's fine. Uh, otherwise, I'm sorry, there's just great pool out there, actually, which works great, right? Uh, it, it's probably for that very reason that uh, people like me can kind of come into mentorship and coaching. And also, we get a, a more broader pool of folks uh, in that sense, actually. So first, to see if people are, are kind of just flexible and it fits your schedule. The second thing is um, do try to question your mentor and coach in terms of don't take it everything for granted in terms of once you make the effort to articulate and share that this is my current situation, this is where I'm trying to get to, do pose that question, what can you do to help actually? And I have to decline oftentimes because I simply cannot see how I can help this person or just kind of take up their time uh, in the sense. I cannot help because it's completely a new situation or if somebody is trying to come from a completely different background or it's just that I probably don't know if they are at a certain level and they want to go somewhere too far out, uh, I can attempt to talk them down that what you're thinking is unrealistic, but I also don't want to curb their kind of motivation or excitement because people, if they are kind of, if they're thought through something, they really want to attempt to do it actually. So I want to make sure that I can serve them better in the time that is allotted in the sense. So uh, I do get asked that question like, okay, what is your current kind of mentorship approach or just kind of coaching mechanism? Can you share your plan? How does this normally work actually? And that just forces me as a mentor and coach to at least put a basic framework in place. It cannot always be ad hoc. Like, okay, all I need to do is come to the session and then whatever they talk, I'm just going to play it back or just kind of add something to that and that's done. That's my mentorship and coaching session actually. So there needs to be a structure, like a method to their madness in, in, in the sense. So uh, that just kind of uh, does, does make something if somebody is trying to also try try it out or they are working towards being an established mentor or coach themselves actually so curiosity if they are able to answer kind of in terms of how they would proceed once you have given them all the necessary context actually they don't need to solve everything but at least in general what would they cover at a high level in terms of short term uh, those kind of things and then uh, the the Third and final thing is just making sure that they are able to give you time and support in terms of their, the oftentimes the mentorship or the coaching relationship does not work because somebody thought that you were available kind of every single day or hour in between the sessions as well or just with the with all these platforms have a chat functionality so that's why they will feel that okay there is just a I, we are doing sessions bi-weekly, but then there's a lot of kind of things I can ask every single day in terms of chat. There's a difference in between like being on the same team or company in, in the Slack chat versus just working with a mentor or coach. So expectation setting is a huge thing, actually. So uh, ideally, that mentor or coach should uh, kind of formalize some of that or just kind of validate some of that to you in your first session. But if they don't, it might be good to check um, if they're not kind of... Uh, if, if both of you are not totally on a different page altogether. And how about for somebody who wants to become a mentor or a coach and, and have never done it before, what, what might they do to put themselves out there, make themselves available to people who might be able to benefit from their knowledge, their expertise? Yeah, I think the, the main important point and what I did is, is two things. First is see if there are abstract roles like these in your own teams and company, actually, in terms of just trying to help someone level up, or if you are at a mid to senior level, then that intern that joins, take them as your 
soft direct report or just kind of be a mentor or coach or express interest to your own managers that one of the key reasons of being a senior engineer or, or tracking towards one is being able to debug, being able to architect better systems, and then being able to mentor and coach younger talent actually. So see if there are opportunities that, that are possible within your own company and teams uh, to practice because that's the safest playground in terms of there's less chances for things to go wrong because you have the right amount of context uh, by yourself. It's not that you are approaching something totally new or you don't know that situation. You probably know your working parameters already because you are in that same team or situation or have been in before. So that's kind of a safe sandbox to practice some of those things. And then if you're looking to find an or just kind of establish external presence, it's just probably it's 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 a one of the situations that we're using some form of hierarchical structure might help is just looking at kind of the last level that you were kind of in and and you will feel comfortable with that younger talent. So if you are a mid to senior engineer, then probably trying to coach or mentor a junior engineer is a good way to start because you don't want to um, go to the extreme and do something radical in terms of trying to, while you are your own self, a senior engineer who's trying to become a tech lead or an EM, you don't want to work with somebody who is also a tech lead. There's there's a difference. There's a third category of peer learning groups and, and peer support groups, actually, where there are Slack channels, where there is roundtable discussions, all that. So you should be doing those. So try to work as somebody who is probably at a career level younger than where you are, actually. So the, the probable best start for mentorship and coaching is to uh, just maybe even two levels apart in that sense, uh, uh, just uh, for safe safety, rather than trying to work with someone at that same level because you're still trying to figure out uh, for yourself what works, what does not. So trying to even suggest something uh, is probably not a great idea because you do not have that validation yourself, actually. Okay, that's great. Uh, Anand, this has been this has been a lot of fun. And I, I, I've certainly learned a lot and, and really value your perspective. I suspect that a lot of people listening uh, uh, would love to be able to reach out to you and, and connect with you, learn more about your work. Uh, if someone did want to reach out, what's the best thing for them to do? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I, I think the best way would be LinkedIn in terms of I, I do have an active presence there, or at least I, I make a point to review all messages or, or anything like every couple of days, at least to see if I can take the next best step. If not myself, I can lead them to the next best person who might be able to help uh, or just get back. So I think LinkedIn would be the quickest way. And after that, I can probably share a couple of links to add to the podcast in terms of I do have a, a link tree page in terms of whether uh, other articles or or just kind of my by uh, some of my learnings that I've shared, uh, and also link to a couple of mentorship platforms where I'm where I have an active presence on. In case somebody was interested in in just uh, connecting with me for uh, anything about mentorship, it's not just getting mentorship for me, but uh, just uh, uh, anything more that was not covered in this conversation or any personal question that I can help answer or, or confusion I can help clear. That's great. Thank you so much. And, and all of that, I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes. Uh, Mr. Anand Safi. Thank you once again. Really appreciate you coming by. Same here, Patrick. Thank you for having me on the show. And this has been a great conversation. And, and thank you for touching on such a relevant and crucial topic today. No problem. We'll talk soon. Thank you once again, Anand, for, for your insights, for your thoughts. Uh, I really appreciate uh, your passion for the subject of coaching and mentorship. That much came through 
uh, loud and clear. So uh, again, thank you so very much. One of the things that really stood out to me through that chat was was the fact that mentorship benefits everyone involved, whether you're on the the giving or the receiving end. Uh, it's something that could be and and arguably should be part of your career from start to finish. Now, obviously, in the earlier stages of your career, you'll be more on the receiving end and in the later stages, more on the giving end. But the point is, that's a relationship that can always exist in one capacity or another and that you can benefit from. And it's really important to bear in mind that being a mentor uh, is not entirely selfless. Sure, it's good. It's absolutely a good thing to do on its on its own merits. But you benefit as well as a mentor. And I think Anand spoke to that uh, uh, quite well. Another thing that Anand pointed out was uh, one of these one of these realizations that he had through his work that just because something worked for you, even though you've been uh, through similar struggles to someone you, you're mentoring or coaching, it doesn't mean that that same strategy, that that same solution will work for the person you're helping. It's important once you realize that to to step back out of solutioneering and and really allow the person being coached or mentored to to come up with solutions on their own. You, you provide the scaffolding, you provide the framework against which they can work, but being too quick to jump to solutions, uh, A, may not work, B, is probably not the best thing for the, the person who's asking for your help uh, in the end anyway. So I'm really glad that Anand touched on that. So thank you once again, Anand, for the wonderful conversation. Um, there, there were a lot of uh, websites and resources mentioned during that chat. If you'd like to check any of those out, just go to the show notes at engineeringandleadership.com slash episode 38. Next up, of course, we have the Engineering and Leadership Mailbag. Well, my friends, you know how this works. This is the part of the show where I read your messages and answer your questions. I promise to read absolutely everything you send me, and I promise to read my favorites right here on the podcast. I finally got to connect with Yusuf Moses, who uh, reached out to me initially, probably over a year ago now, and, and recently made a move to the United Kingdom from Kenya to pursue his career. Uh, so really, really glad to to actually get to to have that chat. And uh, I understand everything is going great so far. <laughs> Major change, moving half a world away, but uh, best of luck to you, sir. And I wanted to, to share a recommendation that uh, he made during that chat for a book called The Ignorant Maestro, How Great Leaders Inspire Unpredictable Brilliance. Uh, I've not yet read it, um, but uh, I've read the, the reviews and the dust jacket and all the rest. It looks very, very interesting. And there was a, um, a, a review left by David Marquet on that book. And some of you will remember back in episode 31, I interviewed David Marquet. Uh, so, so that's absolutely a vote of confidence that uh, I'm paying attention to. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to pass along is uh, maybe not a note to, to me personally so much, but uh, I know a number of you in the audience 
are systems engineers. I know a number of you are uh, Canadian engineers because that's the that, that's my background. Um, Incozy is resurrecting the uh, Canadian chapter. So uh, if you're involved in the systems engineering world at all, um, and, and you're interested in systems engineering within Canada, do check that out. Uh, just go to the Incozy website, uh, incose.org, to learn more. Again, thanks to all of those who reached out. If you'd like to chat or leave a comment, just find me on LinkedIn or leave a comment at the bottom of the show notes. That is all the time we have for the show today. I will be back soon with the next episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do hit the subscribe button. And if you could, take a minute and leave a review and let me know what you thought was most interesting, most impactful. That helps me a lot to improve the show, and it helps other people find the show as well. For more information and links to the resources mentioned today, again, just go to the show notes, engineeringandleadership.com slash episode 38. Until next time, this is Pat Sweet reminding you that if you're going to be anything, be excellent. You've been listening to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast with Pat Sweet. If you'd like to learn more, go to engineeringandleadership.com where you'll find more free articles, podcasts, and downloads to help engineers thrive. That's engineeringandleadership.com.